Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. I'm excited. I believe that that's the will of God. God would not, wouldn't give us a place where we couldn't grow, where we, where we wouldn't have a future. You know, I truly believe that if the rapture of the church tarries, that we'll pass this work on to the next generation. Amen. Our children and our grandchildren will take this work, and, and then their children and their grandchildren will take this work, and we'll just believe God for a perpetual uh, growing of the goodness of God, the things of God in our midst. Amen. Praise God. Isaiah 53. We're going to begin tonight, the Lord put on my spirit, to begin to go through a series of healing scriptures. So if you're taking notes, you might want to, oh, how can I say this? You might want to begin a, a, a new page or a, 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 in your notebook or whatever, however you take notes, a new place and kind of market my healing scriptures. Everybody say my, my healing scriptures, because we're going to just go through uh, some healing scriptures, and help establish a foundation of healing in your heart and spirit. Now, first of all, you must determine in your own mind and in your own spirit that it is God's will for you to be healed. You know, Jesus, in his ministry, Bible says in Acts 10, 38, he says how Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about good, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for the Lord was with him. Now we see him uh, after the initial miracle of Cana, uh, the, the, the wedding feast, literally begin. Actually, it began with the healing uh, of Peter's mother-in-law, who was uh, sick of a severe fever. And he touched her, the Bible said, and her fever was relieved and she was healed. But then in Matthew chapter 8, we see a leper coming to Jesus. Now, he asked a question that many people ask. Or he made a statement. Let me, let me just say it like this. He, he kind of made it into more of a statement. He said, now, Lord, I know if it's your will to heal me, you can do it. And the Bible says, Jesus said, I will. And he touched him and he made him whole. So we see right there that it is the will of God. Now, if God would be willing to heal a leper 2,000 years ago, and if it says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then Jesus is just as willing to heal you today. By the same power that healed that leper 2,000 years ago, you can receive healing today. But healing is based upon the Word of God. Even the gifts of healing in operation, working of miracles in operation, special faith in operation, that's all based in the Word of God. And even though you may receive healing through the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to have to keep it by the Word. Amen. So there should be built on the inside of you some foundations when it comes to the doctrines that you believe God belonged to you in Christ. Number one, first and foremost, is your doctrine of salvation. Because within the doctrine of salvation is healing, preservation, preservation soundness, safety, and deliverance. Amen? So there should be a foundation on the inside of you uh, for salvation. Then for divine health. Everybody say divine health. Because see, healing... Is not something we're trying to obtain. Say, say, uh, 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 say, say this Bible was something that I wanted to obtain, something I wanted to get, and it's over here, you know. Well, here's the Bible over here, and I'm standing over here, but I'm wanting to get the Bible. So one of two things are going to ha have to happen. Either the Bible's going to have to come to me, or I'm going to have to go to it. Now, if I go to it, now I have the Bible. Now I've got the Bible. I possess the Bible. That is not healing right there. See, here's healing. And you think, well, 
uh, here I am over here sick. So either healing has to come to me or I have to go get my healing. So, well, I hadn't been in any, any healing crusades lately. Nobody's been operating in miraculous gifts, so I believe I'll go get my healing. So you go over here and get your healing. That's not how it works. Healed is part of your identity. Needing to be healed is not a need that you have. Let me say that again. Needing to be healed is not a need that you have. Needing to know you are healed is a need that you have. Did you get that? Needing to know, not needing to believe, but needing to know that you're healed is what you need. That is your true need, is the knowledge of the Word of God that convinces the heart of the reality of God's healing power working in your body. Now, with that in mind, understand God. God has so abundantly supplied us with Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. Now, I'm going to begin with one tonight that I believe is a foundational Scripture. We'll look at it both in the Old Covenant or in the Old Testament and in the New Covenant or the New Testament. This is what I would call a foundational Scripture that reveals unto us the will of God to heal, His ability to heal us, not only that, but that we are healed by His finished work. Now, notice in Isaiah, well, for, for sake of time tonight, let's begin there in verse 4. It says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Listen to that in the Amplified. It says, surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and our distresses. Now that word born is literally a Hebrew word. It's N-A-S-A, NASA. Did you know that? Do you know what the word NASA means? It means to lift up. And carry away. Uh, somebody ought to get excited in here. You say, no, come on, do you really believe that? I believe that. I've studied that. I've looked into the Word of God. So you can actually say, say this. Surely He, that He is what? Jesus. Surely Jesus has lift up and carried away our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and our distresses. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We did esteem Him stricken smitten of God and afflicted. But now notice verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes or with his stripes we are healed. Now, the argument is made among the theologians that this would be spiritual healing. That when you see the term, by his stripes... We are healed, that that would refer to a spiritual healing taking place in our body. Excuse me, taking place in our spirits. That it has nothing to do with the physical body. Well, if that was true, then Jesus got it wrong. Amen. Because the Bible said he went about doing good and healing. But now let's examine the scripture. He was wounded for what? Our transgression. The term transgression can, def can be defined as the breaking of the law, the transgressing of the law. It is every little, big, medium, you name it, every individual act of sin that you would commit. Past, present, future. Wound is where? Wound is on the outside. Wounds are outward. Anytime you're wounded, you need to get stitched up or something like that, there is an outward manifestation of something that has breached the skin or breached the flesh. And the Bible says that Jesus was what? 
wounded for our transgression. Transgressions take place outwardly. You can think about sin all day, all day long, but if you don't do it, you hadn't sinned. Should have got a better amen then. You mean it's not a sin to think about sin? No. But if you think about it long enough, the devil will deceive you and you'll do it. That's why you, ever, you ought to fight every thought of sin. But just to have a thought of sin is not sin. Let me say that again. Somebody must need to hear that. Just to have a thought of sin is not sin. Because sin is what? Sin is outward. Transgressions are outward. That which manifests itself outward. Lying and stealing and, and sexual sin and all that type of stuff. Listen, those are outward manifestations of an inward problem. So, he was wounded outward for our transgression. Individual acts of sins. He was bruised. Everybody say inward. Now, a bruise is an inward wound. That which is taken, that which is hit you, struck you, or whatever it's done, that there's no breach of the flesh, but you can tell by the flesh that a wound has taken place. That's what a bruise is. I mean, you never go get your, your, your uh, bruises stitched up. I've had a lot of stitches, but nobody ever stitched up a bruise. Amen? No, he was bruised, but now notice the term, for our iniquities. Two unique terms, transgression, outward acts of sin, Iniquities, inward motivation. Iniquity is an inward motivation. Now, iniquity is the spiritual problem of mankind because of the fall of Adam. Because of Adam's transgression, iniquity entered into humanity. Let me say that again. It's very simple, but if you understand these things and have them as a foundation in your spirit, it will help you receive healing. Because of Adam's transgression. The Bible says in Romans 6, through one man, everybody say one man. Through one man's sin, sin entered into all mankind in that all have died or been separated from him. So when Adam and the woman sinned and ate of the fruit of the tree they were told they should not eat of, they committed a transgression. When they committed a transgression, they sold themselves over to Satan, the enemy of God, who possessed spiritually iniquity. Iniquity is a spiritual force. Iniquity is the motivation on the inside of the human family that literally motivates them to transgress. Before you got saved, you transgressed because of the iniquity on the inside of you. When you got born again, the spiritual miracle that happens through the new birth of course, we know regeneration is the miracle, but the spiritual miracle or the spiritual healing that takes place is the iniquitous trait of your human spirit is removed and something called righteousness is imparted. I ought to get a better amen than that. You say, what do you mean by righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God, which gives you a new motivation. Now, iniquity is easy to be understood. If you've ever raised children, you know you don't have to teach children to lie, to cheat, to steal. You don't have to teach them to do anything like that. They come by it naturally. It's in their genealogy. It goes all the way back to their father, to their great-grandfather, to their grandfather, their great-grandfather, their great-great-grandfather, their great-great-great-grandfather, their great-great-great-great-grandfather, their great-great-great times a thousand, all the way back to Adam, the original man. Iniquity was not a trait that God created the human being to possess. 
it was transferred to him from the enemy of God, Satan. Iniquity was formed in the spirit realm. When Satan caused insurrection in heaven itself, the Bible said he was perfect in the day in which he was created until iniquity was found in him. That motivation that's in Satan to steal, kill, and destroy, he transferred into the human race. What has the human race done to each other for 6,000 years? It has stolen, it has killed, it has destroyed each other. The proof of iniquity. But it says he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. Now let me say this and we'll go on. Iniquity has a way of creating what I call avenues or venues or platforms or opportunities in the mind and the flesh to repeat the transgressions it used to motivate. You say, now what do you mean by that? Iniquity will train your flesh and iniquity will train your mind to repeat the weaknesses of who you are before you got saved. Which means an iniquity that was on the inside of you, a predisposition to sin that is now gone has left a residue of itself in your mind and your flesh. That's why Christians still sin after salvation. It is because their mind was trained and their flesh was trained to sin. But thank God we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who the Bible says is the perpetuation for our sin, which means when a Christian sins, when he transgresses, all he has to do is go to Jesus and not plead his case, excuse me, not plead, no, no, not plead his case, but ask for mercy. And the Bible says the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all sin and all unrighteousness. So if you miss the mark or if you transgress, you're not doing it because of an inward motivation. You're doing it because your mind and your flesh are predisposed to that because of an inward motivation that used to be there. But the good news is you can renew your mind. The good news is you can present your body. The good news is from the strength of the spirit man, you can take control and rid yourself of all of the habits of transgression that would destroy your life. Now, that's why you've got to do that, because it will destroy. And there's all kinds of people, they've wrote books on family curses and, and weaknesses in the flesh. But when it comes right down to it, you have to make a decision to do something about that which has trained your mind and your flesh to sin. You've got to make a decision to take the Word of God, to use the authority of the believer. You've got to bind the devil. You've got to loose the righteousness of God into your life, and you've got to quit sinning. You say, now why? I'll show you in just a minute. Now notice, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, everybody say chastisement, of our peace was upon him. Now, now we've moved from the spirit. You say, now what do you mean by that? We're talking about transgressions, outward manifestation of sin, iniquity, spiritual trait of the human spirit. Now, the chastisement of our peace. Now, this dimension of peace this element of peace, this impartation of peace is that which can 
control the soul. Because when the spirit of man fell, because of the act of the flesh, the soul, the mind, the emotions, and the will of man also fell. So God needs, back there on the wall we have two thermostats. God needs a thermostat in your soul. You can walk into the building and it can be 95 degrees in July. But if you go over to the thermostat and set it on 65, an operation of the air conditioning system will begin to take place. And a change will manifest in just a few minutes. And the building will go from 95 to 65. The atmosphere will change. Now, in your soul, in your mind, the way you think. In your emotions, the way you feel. In your will, the choices you make. God has set His Word up as a thermostat. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement. Remember how they chastised Him. They pulled His beard. They mocked Him. They spit on Him. They said, prophesy. What did that affect? That affect His emotions. That affect the way He thought. That affect the choices that He made. That, affect, that affected Jesus' soul. He bore that upon the cross so that by the Word of God and the ability of God, you can set the thermostat of the Word of God in your life and affect a change that will cause the way you think to change, the way you feel to change, and the choices you make to change. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon Now, we have total provision. Everybody say total provision. We have total provision for what? Outward acts of sin, inward motivation, and the soul. Outward acts of sin, inward motivation, that's spiritual, and the soul of man, the mind. The, now, here's the provision. The provision is he was wounded, he was bruised, he was chastised. That leaves one thing. I said, that leaves one thing. You say, what does that leave? Only one thing, the physical body, the physical earth suit, the flesh in which we live. So it says, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now, if we've already been healed through the forgiveness of transgression, and the destroying of iniquity, and the impartation of the peace of God, if that's already affected a spirit-soul healing, then what, what would the stripes have to do with anything in the spirit and the soul? It has everything to do with the physical body. Now, see, people will try and tell you. They'll try to say, well, that, that, that was just spiritual healing. No, spiritual healing took place when he was wounded. Spiritual healing took place when he was bruised. Soulish healing took place through chastisements and stripes brought physical healing. Now, with that in mind, let's go, to, let's go to 1 Peter. Now, this was in the Old Covenant. This was a Messianic prophet named Isaiah. But now we get all the way over here to 1 Peter chapter 2, which is way back kind of close to the end of the book. Now let's look there, 1 Peter chapter 2, 
Look at verse 24. It says, who his own self, everybody say his own self. Now this is speaking here of Jesus. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. Now do you see that? That is literally a quote from Isaiah 53 where he is addressing the physical, the spiritual, and the soulish condition of mankind. Redemption brought total provision for the wretched state of fallen humanity. If you're going to provide salvation, you have to take care of every situation and problem that the individual has that prevents salvation from manifesting. You say, what do you mean? When man sinned and Satan got a hold of humanity, he brought everything evil with him. Uh, uh, the first heinous act of sin we witness after the fall of humanity was a murder in which Cain murdered his own brother. Sin and iniquity got so strong and so powerful that God had to destroy the earth in the days of Noah. When Methuselah died, you know, uh, the word Methuselah means when I die, the flood comes. How'd you like that to be your name? You say, what's your name? My name is when I die, the flood comes. Amen. And God destroyed all of humanity and started over again with one family. Amen. Then God found in Abraham a man willing to get into blood covenant with him and in and through, and by that blood covenant, Abraham became what the Bible calls the friend of God. And he was such a friend of God that God would even counsel with him because of the covenant before, would he, before he would even bring judgment against Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, when, when he's looking down at Sodom and Gomorrah, which was two evilest cities on, ever been on the earth, he, he didn't just say, well, I'll just destroy it like that. He said, no, I've got to go down and talk with my man because I'm in blood covenant with humanity down there, so I've got to go down there and talk with him before I do it. And, you know, he brought it down to, what was it, five? So if I could find five righteous men in the city, I'll spare the city. Amen? But then we see, as we study the formation of the nation of Israel, when we see men like Moses and Joshua, when we see people like David and Saul, uh, King Saul, not Saul of Tarshish, but Saul who was King Saul, men that did their very best under their covenant. They loved Jehovah God. They loved the Lord their God. They saw the provision of, 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 of great wealth, of great blessing. They saw the provision of being able to destroy their enemies. They saw the provision of healing. But the one provision they could not get a hold of was salvation that would cause the iniquity that was on the inside of them to be rendered out of them so that they might be new creatures. You have received that. The Bible says of them, they all died in faith having not yet received the promise. Now, I'm going to say this and we'll close. Why is there sickness? Why is there disease on the planet? Sickness and disease came because of sin. How many times did Jesus heal someone? And after their healing, he said, go and sin no more. Now, I'm not saying, you say, well, you know, I, I, I sinned last week. Am I going to get sick? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the sin condition of mankind 
became the breeding ground for sickness and disease. Now, let, let, let's step over here. Every time we step over here, this is not doctrine. I say, this is not doctrine. So don't come back at me saying, oh, that's false. No, no, because we're not teaching doctrine. We're just going to take a moment because of the Word of God and examine some of Pastor Rusty's meditations. Satan is not a creator. There is no creative ability in him positively or negatively. Don't you know if there was negative creative ability in him, there would be monsters and things running around on this planet just eating us like flies. But there's no creative. He is not made in the likeness and image of God. Only mankind is made in the likeness and image of God. So man has been given the creative ability, not on the same level as deity is, but on the level that God has put us on humanity. Now remember, this is not doctrine, but it may be one day. You see, now what are you trying, what point are you trying to make? The substance of sickness and disease is called oppression. To press down, to physically oppress the human body. The heart, the lungs, the liver, the kidneys, the, the uh, uh, diabetes is oppression, physical oppression. Oppression was the substance provided. But Satan needed what? A creator. And found in fallen humanity someone that would what? Believe in their heart and say with their mouth that they were sick. Amen? Now you say, where do you get that? That's all scripture, but that's, uh, I'm not preaching that as doctrine. This is some of my meditation. He's needed, he needs somebody to say, that's cancer. He needs somebody to say, that's arthritis. He needs somebody to say, yeah, that's, uh, that's diabetes. That's it. That's it. To give it a what? A name. Because when you give something a name, you give it an entity. You actually fulfill your role. Man has fulfilled his role as a creator for over 6,000 years on the negative side until redemption when people like you and I started on the positive side and begin to speak into existence healing and salvation and blessing and buildings and missionary work and lands. and th see, what I'm, see what I'm saying? See, God needs a people that will do what? Believe in their heart, confess with their mouth. That will counter that which the enemy has produced by manipulating humanity to get humanity to say, I have, I have created. One day somebody was examining an individual that was sick and found a tumor eating away on the inside of their lung or of their liver and said, what can we call that? Amen. And they did what? They named it. The oppression, the substance provided by the adversary. The created, creation of it provided by humanity. But now, flip that around on the Holy Ghost side. Flip that around on the positive side. God said, I'll take and I'll render out of humanity all that's wrong with him. My son will be wounded for their transgression, bruised for their iniquity. The chastisement of their peace is upon him. By his stripes they will be healed. So I'm going to give them knowledge of that. I'm going to give them word of that. And if I can just get them to 
believe it in their heart, and say it with their mouth, they will create. What will they create? The reality of your new identity. Not sick trying to get healed, but the healed of God using the Word of God to fight off every symptom of sickness and disease. That's why every day you ought to be saying, Father, I thank you that Jesus was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes I am healed. You've blessed my bread and water. You've taken all sickness and symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I forget not his benefits. Who forgive all my iniquity. Who heals all disease. Who redeems my life from destruction. Crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. So that my youth is renewed like an eagle. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. Translate into the kingdom of his dear son uh, 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 I could think of 15 or 20 others they just start off flooding into my mind but you can see what I'm trying to say all of those scriptures create what? the substance the enemy supplied the oppression God supplied the relief who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the enemy for God was with him that's why it may sound sometimes that we're being mean or, or, or judgmental or, or chastising people when they stand up here and they say, well, I have cancer. And we kind of, oh, don't say that, don't say that. We're not, we're not trying to correct them in any way. We're just trying to get them to see, don't allow your words to take hold of what the enemy is trying to oppress you with. A better way to say it is the doctor has said, or I'm being tempted with, or the enemy's coming against me with, but I don't have it in Jesus' name. I'm claiming my healing. I'm claiming I'm free from oppression. I'm claiming by his stripes I am healed. And the reality of who you are will supersede the oppression of the enemy when it comes to your physical flesh if you'll stay with it. Because whatever you yield yourself to, that is what you will become the servant of. So if you yield yourself to the reality of your identity of being what? Not a poor old sinner saved by grace, but the righteousness of God in Christ. Not rich, trying, not, not poor trying to get rich, but the blessed of God. Using tithing and offering to appropriate all that belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Not sick trying to get healed, but the healed of God using the Word of God to fight off every symptom of sickness and disease and infirmity in your body. Now, this is my last closing. If God could find a group of people that will do that, then He can anoint them with what? The Holy Ghost and power, and they can go about doing good, healing. I think for years we've thought that the gifts of the Spirit are designed just for the church. They're not designed just for the church. They're designed for suffering humanity. They are what gifts that God wants to help. I mean, God wants you to be able to minister to your loved one, minister to the one that works next to you in the cubicle where you're at, the one that works to you, with you on the retail floor where you, where, you, where you work, wherever you do. And somebody comes to you and says, man, I've been diagnosed with this and that. And you can say, listen, I've got an answer for you. Healing power is working in me. Can I lay my hands on you and pray for you? Can I, can I minister healing power to you? They may look at you like you're crazy, but if they're in pain, it's amazing how submissive people in pain are to somebody that will pray for them. So if you've got healing work, power working in you, then you've got healing power to give. And that's what God wants for each and every one of us, is to have healing power working in us so that it can work through us. So we began tonight with Isaiah 53, and we looked at it both in the Old and the New Testament.
Therefore, take that scripture, begin to meditate on it. I'd memorize it if I were you. All these healing scriptures we're going to go through. And as we do, we'll begin to see the reality of them and their ability to create in us the reality of who we are, free from the oppression of the enemy, made free by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and empowered by His Word to go forth into the world and bring healing to suffering humanity. Amen? Well, lift your hands and thank God tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your healing power working in the lives of every individual. We thank you that no sickness, no disease, uh, no infirmity of any kind uh, can last in the presence of your word. So, Father, we thank you tonight that every individual in here that may be suffering under uh, the oppression of sickness and disease, we declare it's not something they possess or have. It's something they're being tempted with. And we release your healing power tonight to bring healing and wholeness to their body. Lord, we don't ask you. We don't ask if it's your will. We know it's your will. The proof of it being your will is you sent your son Jesus to die upon the cross and he rose, a de rose again from the dead so that we might be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.